1: Maybe some mental health
0: issue.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. We just, we, you just uh, laid everything out for everybody I'm to sorry. know this morning, Judge. I'm sorry. <laughs> Judge Don Ash, and, uh, a great friend, uh, somebody that uh, I, I, I have respected for many, many years. I remember uh, the first time you ran, and you, you sat on my porch. I and did. <laughs> We had a good time just... Uh, talking about just about everything, maybe not even talking about politics too much. But I knew from the very first time I met you that you were going to be special. And um, when you were uh, elected judge and you were sitting on the bench, that respect grew even more. And I've always thought Rutherford County um, had the best judicial system set up of any county in the state of Tennessee by far. I agree. We had uh, the judges, the DA's office. You guys were so easy to work with, and you operated at a very high level. What made this area so great? Because uh, Guy Dotson... Yeah. He could lead a, a, a suspect into a trap quicker than anybody I've ever seen. He could. Yeah. He was fantastic. I think, I think Truman, a lot of it, is a legacy. I think
2: part of it does go back to Guy Dotson. Yeah. Because Guy had a big influence on me as a young lawyer when I came to town. Uh, I didn't know General Dotson and met him. He eventually offered me a job up there, and I, I didn't take it. But... Uh, from that time on really anytime major yeah I, I can remember when i bought a house on riverview i went up and asked guy Dotson, he said whether he thought i should buy this house or not yeah. i mean oh, I, wow. I, I trusted i trusted guy that much and he was such a man of integrity and hard work and stuff like that and some of those guys up there that worked with him bill weitzel mm-hmm. tom jackson david puckett mose melton all those guys and i think it kind of spread into the judiciary. Uh, Steve Daniels getting elected. Uh, Steve was a hard-nosed trial yeah. case, honest man, did a really good job. Then after that, you had Jim Clayton, which is kind of... And Jim Jim also was a really hard-working honest man, but he was just different. He, he was he, laid back. Laid back. That's yeah. He was laid back and it was just the opposite of, of uh, Daniels. Mm-hmm. And then Whitney Stigall, one of the great men i've ever met in my life whitney was hardcore you had to be prepared when you walked in there you know when when they say honorable Mm -hmm. i think of whitney Stigall, jim clayton steve daniel judge buckner yeah uh david lowry we've been really really fortunate it's so funny now because it's almost been a complete turnover in the judiciary Uh, mark rogers is still up there judge rogers he's a great judge Ben McFarland's getting ready to retire, but after Ben and Mark leave, it's a brand new, completely new cycle of of the judiciary, and they're going to do great. I mean,
1: will that change the judiciary that much? I I don't think. For me, it. it, Of course, I look at it probably differently, but uh, when the change comes around in in such uh, uh, a quick order, you might say. It does bother me, and be honest with you, I don't have the relationship with the judges anymore. Exactly. exactly. Well, I'll tell you the good thing for me uh,
2: about them because every one of them, uh, I can't sure I can name everybody Judge Scarlett, Judge Tidwell, uh, Chancellor Wilson, and Judge Atwood, every one of them calls me regularly. I know and, them. And asks, yeah. I've got this kind of case. I got this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for Judge Atwood and Judge Turner, that's who I left out. Yeah. I did a bench book for each one of them. I mean, it's, it's a binder just full of stuff that they need. I did one for Judge Atwood and I did one for uh, Judge Atwood Civil. I did one for Judge Turner who's criminal. Yeah. And for them, uh, for them to be wanting to learn enough where they would ask a 66-year-old judge, what do you think about this or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but every one of them calls me uh, and I, I, and I'm thankful for I'm blessed that that, that they that they call me and asked me
1: ask me questions. That's pretty special. Of course, your reputation precedes you, but uh, I, th- I think back in a lot of the cases and sat sat in there and watched you uh, uh, control the entire atmosphere, it's hard to make friends with other attorneys, isn't it during that particular it process is, it is and that that uh, and I, but I'm proud
2: of that you know uh, I worked a lot with J. Paul Newman, John Watson, uh, the Public defender's office and a lot a lot of lawyers in town, but I never had a major murder trial or rape trial uh, ever get reversed yeah and i I'm pr- I'm that's special because that. I bet I, I bet I did fifty murder trials <laughs> I mean i did I did every. Uh, I did every big murder trial for about ten years here. Uh, I did two death penalty trials. So, yeah, I mean i'm I'm proud of that, but it's just like sheriff, just like being sheriff, if you prepare and you have good people around you, yeah, then you can do you can do the job, I think.
1: And we've had the people here, uh, whether law enforcement, people who we have our uh, attorneys, those that go into the judicial. Uh, and i think a lot of it is the learning process a lot of attorneys have gone to your court sat in there and watch you uh as you're um taking part in in, in some of the more uh, I, I shouldn't say exciting but that's pretty much it's exciting to me to sit there and watch it and how You're able to control everything that's going on there. I've seen you, uh, you and uh, Guy Dodson had a tremendous amount of respect for you. And it's sort of Bill. I still remember when he called me and told me that uh, he was going to hire Bill Bill Watson. Really? Yeah. (laughs) And. I said, what? <laughs> you remember that something Bill had? That day? Oh, I mean, he looked like a hippie. I mean, he really did. And uh, he started laughing because he knew he was going to get a rise out of me. And and then uh, he told me, now, Truman, he's going to get a haircut, and and he's going to be properly dressed and all this stuff. I think stuff.
2: he told him he had to get a haircut. Oh, yeah, he did
1: tell him. And, and, of course, Bill, was he was ready. I mean, uh, but uh, that was quite an honor. Having a uh, guy uh, want to hire you and want oh, to be yeah, part yeah. of his team. and yeah. But Bill Whitesell was another that could set a trap pretty oh, quick. He did. He
2: did such a great job in closing arguments. Because the way it works when you prosecute uh, in a closed argument, usually the state goes first because they mm-hmm. have the burden to prove beyond a reasonable guilt, a doubt. And so Jay Paul would get up first, and he would kind of lay the facts out and all that other stuff. And then the other side would get up. And then... Uh, and then Bill would get up and close. And Bill just did a fantastic job. He also, you're right, on cross-examination, there were a number of cases just where he just nailed expert witnesses and stuff like that. But, like I said, it all, it all goes back to preparation. I think that's one thing I've learned, not just about judging, but about life. If you spend time being prepared, yeah, then you're going to do the right thing almost 99% of the time. And so that I like the... I like the preparation part of it. I guess the, uh, for me, the disappointing part for me, I think some people perceive me as being hard up there, or I'm not sure mean's the right word, because I never raised my voice to anyone. But I was, when I sat up there, I was serious about it and yeah. I get work done. And so I, 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 it hurts me some that I think some people perceive me at that time as being. I'm not sure "harsh" is the right word, but not warm and friendly. But I don't think it's a warm and friendly place to <laughs> to be. Or it wasn't for me. Yeah, you know, it wasn't for me. I think Jim. I think Jim Clayton was a lot better. Uh, I'm not sure communicator, but like you said, laid back or something like that. I wish I had a little bit more Jim Clayton in me. Uh, and but
1: like no, I said, it's an entirely different way of. Dealing with you, something. Saw, you saw both of us in court. oh yes yeah and uh, actually I saw uh, Jim Clayton getting into uh, one of the um, uh, oh what do you what do you call it uh, he was going upstairs mm-hmm. and uh, he was smoking his cigar when he came in <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and Beth Thompson was with him and she says you cannot go up here with that cigar in your mouth. She and he said, that. oh, yes, I can. I she that. says, oh, no, you can't. Yeah. And she won that argument, of she course. Did. She oh, bless did. her heart. Yeah. But he, he was so laid back, and you couldn't help but love him. No. But uh, I had a lot of respect for him also. Yeah. But th- there's something about your control wherever you went. You were able to maintain that type of respect no matter what you were doing, yeah. and that always caught my attention. But to to listen to some of the attorneys, they would get so aggravated because they wanted simply their way. I Correct. mean, <laughs> they wanted you to be their best buddy and go right along with right. them. Right. And the law meant a whole lot more to you than it that. It does. In the way it was set up, and and it's the. Great equalizer, as everybody says. People, you may have a bad attorney, but if you've got a great judge up there, that
2: changes something. Well, I I take great comfort in when I have to rule on something. I don't rule on something just based on what Don thinks. I've got the law there that I can look at and say, here's the statute, here's the rules of evidence, here's the rules of procedure. This is what it says. And... It's comfortable to be able to go. It's like the Bible, to be honest with you. Yeah. I get comfort in reading the Bible because I know that's the way you're supposed to act. And I don't have to use my own, you know, whatever theories I come up with what life should be. Yeah. And so I get great comfort in knowing, knowing that. I'm sure the Sheriff's Office, y'all had probably procedure
1: manuals that we y'all followed. <laughs> and you, and you kind of. We had to follow them to the T. But now, when I first started, though, we we I bet you didn't. we were loose. I mean, <laughs> we were really loose, and we could use uh, our brains and our hearts. Exactly. Back then, and and some just like the DUIs, they're very strict now, exactly. because of the the mom stuff. Right. But uh, we would take people home. I know you did. Who were driving in their cars, or or if they didn't want to fight you. Right. You, uh, in a bar or something like that, you would try to get them out and get them in a place where right. they wouldn't be causing any harm. So It's the most stressful job. I a couple of times I did a ride-along with police officers, with the Sheriff's Department and the
2: yeah. Mercy Police, and I'd do it late at night. I think there was a shift like from 10 until 6 or some kind of crazy time, yeah. and I'd sign up for that. And by the end of the night, my legs would be aching just from the pressure of you know, just kind of riding along, then all of a sudden, you're just going somewhere as fast as you possibly can. Did
1: it have the lights on? Oh yeah. Did, did you get a
2: little of adrenaline oh flow? Oh my gosh. I <laughs> I've never I've just it was the most amazing thing and I don't know I don't know how these officers do it. I don't know how they can go to to cold, to hot, to cold, and then get into a situation where they've got to calm people down. I mean it's a
1: it's a tough, tough job. I'm glad you did that because then you get a a, a complete perspective of what's going on. Exactly. Well, you need to. Yeah. I
2: mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's really important to see, you know, all aspects of the law,
1: so you get a better understanding of it. Can you can't watch TV, and and be uh, um, I, I guess knowledgeable about how things really happen. Because I never thought I would see a day when law enforcement officers were the bad guys, and the bad guys are the good guys. Yeah. it's just completely changed the yeah, perspective I, of yeah, it. Yeah, I th- I think there's I think
2: there's some part of our
1: population that thinks that, but
2: I think the vast majority do not. Well, I
1: mean, in the smaller states, smaller right, communities, right, you exactly, don't have as the
2: police officers I dealt with, and and you and I both know, and we both dealt with police officers that. Did terrible things, made yeah. terrible mistakes, uh, and harm people. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say 99.9% of them are dedicated public servants. They are just like uh, I am, and just like a mayor is, and all that stuff. And so I think they're I think they're uh, entitled to respect. Um, you know, I mean, I got stopped the other day for speeding in. Uh, out there on uh, i was going to Ale- i was going to the interstate and i went down to alexandria over there and got stopped for speed and i was just as nice to that police officer and, mm-hmm. uh, he didn't know I, I didn't have my judicial tags in my cars in another car he was nice so you know i don't have anything but respect for these these people that that really if you think about walking up on a car yeah <laughs> and not knowing if that person in there's got a gun or drugs or whatever you just never know what you're uh, walking up on, like the officers you had that worked out there on the highway, yeah. on the interstate. Yeah. Those guys were heroes to me. Oh. I thought... They were all heroes to me. Yeah, I mean, you talk about pulling somebody over on the interstate. And you yeah. no idea. And a lot of times they pull them over and they found a substantial amount of drugs in their car. I mean, tons <laughs> and tons
1: of... When Bonnaroo was going over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were busy, busy, busy. Yeah. I mean... Uh, it shows you how, for coming in from you, they'd be coming in from New York and all over, and then have little signs painted on there. If you want marijuana, yeah. you know this is where you go. Well, for a long time, if you
2: remember, I-24 was a conduit, I think, between Atlanta and somewhere else about running drugs. Yeah. And so y'all had a lot of drug. Uh, your ice team, yeah. had a lot of drug enforcement along there, not just during Bonnaroo the whole year. Because and then what happened was y'all did such a good job, they changed routes. (laughs) They quit going down. They quit using I-24 in Murfreesboro or Rutherford County because they knew there's a good possibility they're going to get stopped or something.
1: Well, they were pretty unique on how they would hide their drugs too. Oh yeah, they'd be coming through in motorhomes, and they'd have it all walled up where you couldn't get to the yep. drugs and, and things ga- like that. And gas tanks. Yeah,
2: they would take part of the gas tank out. Yeah, load it up with drugs, put some kind of top, they put gas on top of it.
1: Thank goodness for the dogs. Yeah. they would the, be the ones that find it. Those dogs were incredible. Yeah,
2: just, just, and I never had really, I never had a case where there was a bad search for one of
1: those dogs, because they always did yeah. a good job. The only thing we would lose was, um, Every once in a while, they would not let us compensate the monies, which helped pay for the, the exactly. what was going on. Exactly. And uh, it it was a it, it was a pretty tough fight during that time because we it was pretty unique for to, to have those officers in that type yeah. of situation. Yeah, and Did, it's an expensive operation to run too. Very expensive. Now. Uh, when you were in the court and in you, uh, you were um, tr- having some of the major cases going on, did you ever I, this is a personal thing. Sure. did you ever feel and I, I know you a lot of times you would have you'd have to feel sorry for maybe the victims and yeah. the families and things like that. Uh, but did you ever have a sense of compassion? for one of the perpetrators of a really bad crime. I mean, wow. it could be that's murder a, or... Uh, arrest. Yeah, it is. It, uh, see, I have a hard time being that way. I can't feel sorry for somebody who has uh, affected a family and a person yeah. so badly. Of course, we see that... Uh, Right there in uh, firsthand, and, and it's it's right in front of you. It's personal. I can I can remember a lot of the newer officers, and we'd take them out to murder scenes and yeah. things like that. Some of them would actually throw up when yeah. they get when they got there. I
2: think that's a difficult. I told I've talked to Rita about that. After you see that yeah. for so long, you almost develop a I'm not sure a coldness is, but it doesn't affect you. I mean, I've seen so many autopsy photos and crime scene photos i look at him and you don't really see the person yeah you just kind of just see a body yeah there but it's funny you mentioned that there was a case and i bet you remember it because i don't remember the guy's name this kid went to mtsu and was somehow being bullied by this uh, he got a roommate Mm -hmm. was being somehow bullied by this kid uh, at mtsu an older kid yeah and There was some rumors of other stuff going on. But he's at a restaurant here in town. He gets this guy to put, uh, to change the tags on the car, and he shoots him in the back of the head. Mm. Kills him. And goes and gets convicted. I think the trial, original trial, was in front of Clayton. It got set aside for some reason. And it comes back in front of me for sentencing. And the guy was like 24, 25 years old. Never been in trouble before at all. Was going to college. Seemed like a... Pretty good kid, but clearly
1: shot somebody in the back of the head, now, whether it was justified or not. Well, he was like a Manchurian candidate. Yeah, that's right. That's basically, right. when you that's think right. about it, that's right. And I
2: had a case. I, I'm hearing a case right now. In uh, where was I the other day?
1: You travel all the time. I Bless do. your
2: heart. I do. I was going uh, Dead Gum. I can't remember where I was. But uh, uh, well, wherever I was, it will come to me in a second. This case. And I don't. I was thinking about it today. I don't remember us having this case before, where uh, a woman kills a husband who's beating her or allegedly beating her, mm-hmm. and it's self-defense. Yeah. Do you remember having a trial? I don't remember having a trial like that. Or maybe the DA determined that it was self-defense, and so we never had that that trial.
1: So um, I, 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 I. I. I'm having little sparks up there. So. It, there's yeah. got to be something similar, but I haven't yeah. put it... This was, in got Cle- it this was in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yeah.
2: And so the question is, the question is whether or not uh, uh, she found out he was having an affair. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: uh, they come home, they fuss, 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 allegedly get into a fight in the uh, in the bathroom. Yeah. And she's walking, then he's leaving, walk out to the door. She finds a gun, walks to the walks into the kitchen, tells him to leave. She says, he turns around and says, I'm going to kill you. And she shoots him three times. And so... That's,
1: uh, that could have a yeah, self-defense. But, but
2: then the medical examiner testified the third shot happened
1: when he was laying flat on the ground. No, she's still protecting herself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that brings up a good subject. I'm glad you did that. Uh how is the Me movement affecting the court of law, where the women are—they're um, suing all, uh, guys 20, 30 years ago—and yeah, and and never, never seen one. Don't know of one in Rutherford County. Don't know one.
2: Don't know one in Tennessee.
1: But it's not affecting the court no, system here. No,
2: no, not at all. That's you know that's the funny thing about. Media and stuff like that. I think a lot of times they throw this stuff up there, and we listen to it, which we should listen to. I don't. To. Okay. Well, <laughs> you sure won't be knowledgeable about it. Well, obviously you are some because you've heard of it.
1: I, I, I don't like the direction that it's going because it seems like the media wants to control how we think. Yeah. And and there's very little truth to what's going on. So that that kind of th- Drove me away from it. I, I just can't be part yeah, I just of don't, that. I just don't. I don't see. I don't see that. Well, what about the uh, uh, when when the Supreme Court uh, people uh, who were vying to be a member of the Supreme Court from the president, and all of a sudden, all of these things that supposedly happened 20, 30 years ago are thrown right in the face, and you've got these people. It almost looks like they're. Uh, hollywood people that are up there putting on such a great act they're trying to win an academy award yeah basically i think i think i think that's true and i think i think that's the danger
2: of us living in a social media society or an internet society where people can say anything come forward to anything because i mean i'm sure i'm sure you've probably lived a crystal clear life but there's some stuff uh, There's some stuff. If forget I, that if I was up there <laughs> I wouldn't want them to bring up about mistakes I've made because I've made some mistakes some terrible we ought to. terrible mistakes but the, the problem is I think that A there's just so much information out there and B people our society has turned out to be so hate filled yeah. that if you don't agree with me on an issue or I don't agree with you on an issue then you're a terrible person yeah. and I I don't remember it always being that way. I used to. I kind of remember when people used to be able to have different views and be able to talk about it civilly, mm-hmm. without me going. Well, I know this about you, so because of that, everything you say is discounted. Yeah. But I, I think now about as I'm getting older, I think about what my grandparents used to tell me about how. My, my generation was just terrible, that, listening to Elvis Presley shaking his hips. and all, We were all sexually <laughs> driven. And then I can remember my parents telling me about the 60s when I was growing up, about all y'all, all these kids do today is use marijuana and they all want to get out of the Vietnam War and all the and hippies and all that. It seems to me, generationally, especially as we get older, <laughs> we seem to get a little bit more. These people aren't as good as <laughs> as we were. Yeah, bring all that up, big boy. I don't care. But there was some time when people didn't think our generation was as great as...
1: Well, I think each generation has its own pluses and minuses. It does. I, I agree. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of computers and all this other stuff that well, goes on. It's changed our... I think it's changed our world. It has changed our world. I don't know if it's changed us old people too yeah. much, but it's changed our yeah, world.
2: just the amount of information
1: out there and terrible stuff. Yeah. I mean,
2: just... Uh, Really mean-spirited things, but you know, uh, there's nothing. There's really there's nothing we can. They're they're not going to shut down all the computers.
1: Uh, Yeah, of course you're a senior judge. I am. And you travel across the state. Uh, Are most of the uh, places that you go? Do you have judges that recuse themselves? That's
2: exactly right. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times it's either. Most of the time it's recusing because it's either a political issue. Mm -hmm. Like I had a sheriff's election. And they were contesting the sheriff's election because, and I'm not sure it's this way more, but it used to be this way, that you had to be post-certified. Yeah. Is that the right term? Yeah, yes. And this one guy run for sheriff uh, had to have some additional hours to get post-certified. So Mm -hmm. a friend of his hires him, and the question is, does this guy get enough hours to be Mm post-certified to run for sheriff? And he won the race. And so the local judges up there didn't want to hear it because it was the... The sheriff of the county. Yeah. So I did that. the The case I was talking about I was in Cleveland. Uh, then I went and did a uh, post conviction murder trial in Lebanon. Then I was in Jonesboro uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I travel travel around, but it's a part. I'm only supposed to work 110 days. My the Tennessee Supreme Court hires me, so I'm only supposed to work 110 days a year. I usually work about 160. That's a lot. Yeah, I usually work about 160, 170. Wow. Because I, I like working. Yeah. Uh, and I don't get paid anymore because I do that, but my pension goes up a little bit. But I really, really enjoy it. I I was talking to, a, uh, in Tennessee, we have these death penalty law clerks. Mm-hmm. And all they do is they just help trial judges who have death penalty cases. But if, you, if you've if you got something and you want their help and they got time, they'll meet with you. So I'm, one of them was working with me on that trial I was telling you about, and she said, uh, "Somebody told me you were going to retire." And I said, "What'd you tell him?" She goes,
1: "He's not retiring. He loves doing
2: this." <laughs> and I, I do. I do love trial lawsuits. It's a lot of to work. To be,
1: to be honest with you, most people like doing something that they have pretty much perfected. And you, when you travel like this, you're in an atmosphere that's not normal for you. Correct. You have very little knowledge of what goes in that community or anything. Is, is that a little bit better as far as you're You're not making any enemies on one side or the other. When you're a judge, you're going to have people who are not going to be happy oh, with absolutely. you. Absolutely. Especially in a community like Rutherford, Cannon
2: County. Yeah. Because I was involved, I don't know if you remember, with the sheriff in Cannon County got in trouble. Yeah, we arrested I, him. I did that trial. Yeah. And I had friends of mine in Cannon County because they vote for me. Yeah. I had friends in Cannon County tell me, you know, if you send him to jail, uh, we're never going to vote for you again. Hmm. And I said, you weren't going to vote for me
1: anyway. <laughs> 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 well, see, I had a, a friend, a good friend that I played football with back in the in the 50s. And uh, he had the same name as the as the sheriff over, there. and and I took him over to uh, Parsley's. Yeah. Uh, and of course, those people know everything's going on in Cannon County, and that's why I wanted to take him over there. And Bud Brandon was at that time the the new coach, girls basketball coach in, in Cannon County. Yeah, I knew his dad, Campbell. At oh that, gosh, yeah. At Leavenworth. Yeah. Uh, one of the best basketball coaches ever in the oh, state of Tennessee. He was serious. Yeah, he was serious. <laughs> We're going to have to take a break, and uh, we'll be right back with Judge Don Ash.
3: Hey guys, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center. They exclusively specialize in men's wellness and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment exclusively for men, making it quick and easy to take care of your health. And now they offer monitored self inject at home testosterone treatments for $135 a month, self pay, or covered by most health insurance. Go to lowtcenter.com to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low Teeth Center. You know, they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the entire country. Low T Center has literally reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all of the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $135 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Book your annual wellness exam today. Go to lowtcenter.com Low Center, reinventing men's health care.
0: Summer is the season of fun. Here's some tips to make sure you enjoy yours. Tip number one, lawn darts still aren't a good idea.
3: Ouch, these things should be illegal. I think they are. Tip number two,
0: you're never too old to chase the ice cream truck.
3: Hey, slow down, I just want a sickle.
0: And tip number three, if you're looking for some real summer fun, play the Summer Instant Games only from the Tennessee Lottery, game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. John here, reporting from the Tennessee Lottery Summer Games. Today we have Erica from Knoxville and Janet from Memphis, a dynamic duo going for the green in synchronized scratching. And they're off. The scratching has just begun, and oh boy, oh boy, is this a feat of athleticism. Look at the dexterity of their fingers and the ferocious tenacity of this team and the vice grip on that coin. They're going all the way. They've just won the green. Do you have what it takes to be a big winner this summer? Play the Summer Instant Games with chances to win up to $500,000 only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us
4: online at BudsTireProsTN.com.
0: Now an update from the
4: WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency warning Tennesseans to keep an eye out for bobcats. Sightings are being reported across the state. The TWRA says mother bobcats are busy this time of year, catching food for their new litters. Officials say as long as you keep your distance from the Bobcats, they should keep their distance from you. With the official green light from the proper regulatory boards, administrators at St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital have begun orchestrating what will be a state-of-the-art cardiac surgery program. St. Thomas Rutherford CEO Gordon B. Ferguson told News Radio WGNS one of the first steps in setting up the new edition.
0: ...of two quality cardiovascular surgeons and some of the other support staff.
4: This will be the first of its kind in the Murfreesboro area. In fact, outside of Nashville, the closest city to offer a similar surgery program that allows for open-heart surgery is in Chattanooga. Traffic not the only thing increasing at Nashville International Airport. The Transportation Security Administration says he is on high alert as the number of guns found at security checkpoints is trending upwards. BNA ranked sixth in the nation last year with 94 guns discovered by TSA. So far this year at the Nashville Airport, TSA has recovered 68 firearms. And check your bank accounts. The first payments for the child tax credit begin arriving today. The IRS is sending them to eligible families with kids 17 and younger, ranging from $250 to $300 for the President Biden's coronavirus relief package news on demand 24 7 at our website wgnsradio.com or on twitter at wgns radio i'm ron jordan reporting news updates around the clock when it
0: breaks and on demand at wgnsradio.com we are news radio wgns
3: are you looking for a different kind of bank open your eyes to a credit union At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see if you spotty showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon. A blend of clouds and sunshine develops. A high in the mid nineties. Southwest winds at five to ten miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Vujcic on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's seventy.
4: Premiere 6 Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights. Showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premiere 6 on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's
0: Adams Place. Home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.
1: And welcome back with Judge Don Ash. Where were we when we were old? Last on the air, I, I've, I've kind of. I don't know. We, we talked about we, of stuff when we were off We there. never <laughs> stop. I mean, it just—that's the good thing about having good friends and 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 having the respect and and um, stood so high, especially in the legal system, which I have a great bit of a respect for, right here in this area. And I've I've told people over the years. Most individuals have no idea how special it was living in Rutherford County all during those years because there, we have grown a lot. We have. But Back in the old days when you first ran and I first ran, Uh, We knew a great deal of people in Rutherford County at that time. Is it not crazy? I used to
2: be able to go places, and I would know 50 or 60 percent of people there at restaurants. I go now, I hardly know anybody. It's just people growing. I guess it's just the community growing so much.
1: Well, uh, Sylvan Park, uh, that's where I eat breakfast uh, almost every morning, except when I eat with Bud Mitchell. Uh, you need to come by and eat with us one but, day but over there. As good a man as there is in Rutherford County, Bubba Woodfin said he's the best man in Rutherford County, yeah. and I would not complain about that yeah. whatsoever. Uh, we've been friends ever since we were about five or six years old, yeah. so that yeah. that's pretty special. Isn't it funny though? If you look back, you know, you talk about uh,
2: how you get to be in a position like this. I look back and think about my career of people that influenced me, like you. Ah, uh, Whitney Stigall, Dick LaRosch, uh Bud Mitchell, Bubba Woodfin, mm-hmm. uh, you know people like that. When somebody like Bubba Woodfin would take, and I was a young, I think I was 37, 38 when I got elected judge, when Bubba Woodfin would pull me aside and talk to me and be yeah. supportive of me, I would think, how in the world could somebody that's that held in that high regard in this community, or Truman Jones, or Dick LaRosch, or how how could they be kind to me or think that I could be even worthy of this being in in this position? But I think a lot of people touch your lives, uh, and I think that's one great thing about Rutherford County. There's so many really great people that if you'll just be quiet and listen for a while, Mm -hmm. you can learn some great stuff. Like Bart Walker. Bart's another great example of it. Bart's been wonderful to me and my family. And he gets nothing out of it. There's no, He didn't get a. I don't pay him. He didn't get any benefit from that. But how so, about Rita in there? Rita has been for me. Uh, Rita was married when I got married to Rita. In fact, Rita, will tell you the only reason I got elected judge is because of Rita. She's <laughs> probably right.
1: <laughs> well, look at the. I mean, she. Our uh, mom was a a, a Hayes. Her mom was a Hayes, and her dad and was a Harrison. Harrison. I mean, all all Rockville folks. Yeah. Uh, Richard Reeves
2: is, is Rita's cousin. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of a lot of great people that have had a tremendous impact on me, and and I kind of look back to them. If I've had any kind of decent career at all, it's not because of me. It's because they supported me, and gave me that gave me that opportunity. So I'm thankful for that.
1: That's why you want to be at your best no matter what. I, 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 it's because I, I, of those individuals. You the, don't want to disappoint them. The first uh, the first George Bush. Uh, I was watching an interview of him the
2: other day, and he said something that really touched me. He said, "People in elected office say it's an honor to serve." Yeah. He goes, "They've got that wrong. They should serve to honor that position." And I thought, you know what? He's exact. So I try. In fact, when I had when I had my courtroom here in Rutherford County, I got that framed and had it up under the bench, and it said, "Serve to honor," mm-hmm. so that I would remember that. My, this is just a temporary job for me, and I need to serve to honor that position. Yeah. Like you, I think you honored your your service, honored the position of sheriff, and so I think having great people is is yeah. really the key to it. Yeah, it is. But you, but by hiring great people, you, you know, you honor the position. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I th- I think that's really people, and it just doesn't apply to elected folks. I think it applies to anybody that hires people, no matter if you're a doctor or a garbage man. Uh, You need to to serve to honor that position that somebody's trusted you to do.
1: We don't seem to have that uh, excess anymore between the public and us. Um, I was talking about 400 West Main Street. That was a meeting place. (laughs) I mean, good gosh, guys, this is the jail. The security there was uh, okay, but my uh, everybody in Rutherford County would come down and talk to us, and it was uh, the relationship was just unbelievable. You remember on the top floor, that's where the jail was. Yeah. That's where the jail cells were. Yeah. and then I think you had in the back.
2: I think you either had ladies or juveniles in the very back. back
1: the floor. ladies, when you come through the front door, <laughs> yep. they back to the left where the dispatch was. It's was back behind them. Yeah, on yeah. the very first floor. Yeah, I spent. Uh, I had a lot of clients up there, <laughs> That's
2: when I was practicing law, but I can remember going up there. Uh, one time I went up there and we were developing a program before we had the public defender and mm-hmm. you'd assign attorneys uh, to poor people who yeah. were in jail. So I was a young lawyer so I get the job of going up there and so I have a list of lawyers. And so I go up there and I go, Mr. Jones, your lawyer is such and such. He goes, well, thank you. So I go, mm-hmm. And so we were like two or three in a cell. Yeah. So about that time I hear this guy start cussing and he's cussing at me. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, my my cellmate here told me such and such a terrible lawyer. I want somebody new. <laughs> I, go, no.
1: I said, we don't get a choice here. This is I am going to think, oh, you could appoint some others. i guarantee you, which make them a whole lot more unhappy. Oh, it, uh, but that you know that was a long time. That was in the uh, early 80s. Yeah. Another guy that I
2: failed to mention that influenced me a lot was Dave Boland. I don't know yeah. if you remember Dave. Yeah. Down in Smyrna, but David uh, was really great to me. He helped me get appointed city uh, judge for Laverne, so I did that for about six or seven years before I ran for judge here. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of folks uh, touched my life, and that's one I was saying about it this morning. Uh, you know, if I a guy was supposed to give me a job in Lebanon when I got out of law school, mm-hmm. and he didn't, and and then I came to that my, was your home county. Yeah, yeah, and I had always planned to go back to Lebanon. And I think what my life would have been if I had gone back to Lebanon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I. And versus coming coming here because this place, Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, for me, and I always love, I always love Lebanon, but Murfreesboro is my home now, and and for this community to take me in and let me be part of it, and let Rita and I, and we raise our children here, and our children, three of our four kids live in Murfreesboro. Wow. I, I mean, it it says something about this community and and how they've supported us, and I will ever, ever be thankful. God truly blessed me the day I drove
1: down Highway 231 to Murfreesboro. Oh, yep. you are. Um, you 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 seem to be able to enjoy what you do, but you do it on the highest level, and most people. I guess people watch movies over the years. There's been some great movies. Oh yeah, uh, fantastic. Do any of the movies ever kind of give you a second thought? Um, wow, I never would have thought of this a particular situation going on. Yeah, uh, uh, is there any movie that maybe? Strikes you more? Well, of course, uh, I I know uh, *To Kill a Mockingbird* has got to be one of the top. But I've always thought that that should be training for uh, new attorneys. I do uh,
2: a lot of judicial education, and I speak to different lawyer groups. And what I do is I play clips from that movie, and I say, "This is how you can, this is how you can find out how an ethical lawyer acts." Mm -hmm. And I refer them to these cans of ethics. So yeah, that does. But I learned this, gosh, probably 20 years ago. A lot of times, it said uh, this guy told me. Said a lot of times, if you when you're watching a movie, if before the movie, you'll think Jesus is somewhere in this movie, mm-hmm. and and if you watch it, you will see it over and over again. There's almost always a good person facing evil or something bad, and, yeah. and there's some force or something happens where he either succeeds or he gets to a realization that I'm ge- I'm getting through this bad time, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so now, when I watch movies, I look for that. And in almost every single movie, uh, like Saving Private Ryan, I watched it again the other day. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a it's movie. a great movie. Well, yeah.
2: Tom, Tom Hanks, almost like Christ, saves this man's life. Yeah, And then the man, at the very end of it, if you remember, he says, I hope I lit a, lived a good enough life because of the sacrifice that you made. Yeah. You see how that's biblical? Yeah. I mean, that, he, he was at the gravesite. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think if you sit back and watch Avatar is another, I love that movie where the uh, it's a, uh, kind of science fiction type thing, but if you watch, there's a guy here, and he's transformed. His body's transformed into this other thing that he can do more good for, and stuff like that. So I really, uh, I really like that. That that theory didn't come from me. It came from a book called Wild at Heart by a guy named John Etheridge, mm-hmm. and he says that men in today's society, that we're pushed down, not to be men. That we need to stand up and be men. We've always supposed to be warriors. That's what we ought to stand up. And be and warriors for our family and our community and stuff like that and so he's the one who said when you watch movies ask God to, to reveal to you where he is in that movie yeah and so that's my favorite movies is when I watch that and I go there it is like Gladiator that's another great movie if you watch the movie Gladiator yeah, I have seen same it same thing
1: yeah same thing Patent, same thing he fights what, a, what about the uh the opening scene in Patton. Yeah. It gets you going. Every time. Yeah. I bet I watched that movie. I don't know if you're like this now, but
2: I'm flipping through TV, I hardly watch anything new on television anymore. I'm watching... Uh, 50s, 30, 40s, 50s. Patton, and, yeah. all this other movie. Yeah. And then I found, I discovered something the other day. I bet you've done this. I was I was too young to remember radio television, or uh, radio shows. Like I remember dragnet that. I did not yeah and so on Sirius radio there's a, a station that plays old radio shows yeah and so I've started listening to that I listened to dragnet yesterday on the radio um, the radio show of dragnet it was fantastic because what it makes you do is it makes you use your mind to imagine yeah. what's going on what the scene is I mean really pretty
1: cool pretty cool stuff I'm that way even. With uh, sports, yeah, uh, of course, I, I I go all the way back to, into the uh, late '40s listening to UT football, but right. the imagination process is better than watching what's really going yeah, on. Yeah, I used to listen to baseball uh, on the radio because oh. I get the Braves. Back in, oh, well, I go all the way back to Mel Allen. Yeah. Do you remember him? <laughs> yeah. The uh, U- New York Yankees. Well, I used to watch the Yankees on... That's my first television watching the Yankees because that was the only
2: people on TV. It was Yogi Berra and... Uh, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, uh, Bill Skowron. and... Trent. Bill Rizzuto. Yeah, Phil Rizzuto. That's right. Yeah, yeah but that was fun, too. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, looking back, uh, I tell Ray, I said, you know, if something happens to me tomorrow, you just remember. I said, don't be sad. I have had... If somebody would have told me when I was ten or twelve years old, Don, this is going to be your life, I'd say you're out of your
1: mind. <laughs>
2: there's no way I'm going to be able.
1: Your whole life has been a, pretty much a blessing.
2: It has. And I'm not saying there's not been tragedy. I mean, I've lost, yeah. I've lost both my parents and and suffered some some bad things in my life, but still, overall, to get to. To get to be a judge, I never imagined being a judge or yeah. or getting to be in a community that loves you and cares about you and have so many friends that care about you. It's just it's nothing I could have ever imagined as a little boy in Lebanon, Tennessee, being raised by a widow. <laughs> I mean, just could could not have imagined.
1: Well, you you know that people mean so much to you, and then you go on to other things, which doesn't mean that you've forgotten them. It's just that your, your life... Continues to uh, evolve. It and, does. And uh, I just lost my um, Aunt Mary, uh, Mary Fave Jones at the time. And uh, she w- she worked at the FBI in wow. in in, uh, in uh, <laughs> Washington for, for many years. And her her, her husband was also, he, he worked as an FBI agent. Did in that a lot influence of you to go into... Uh in some respects, because... Our whole family went up there to visit her. Sure. And there's about seven of us in the car, and there was no air condition or anything. And yes. I, roll down the windows. Roll down the windows. <laughs> but uh, we, we got up there, and she took me by the hand, and uh, she picked me to go up there and meet J. Edgar Hoover. Wow. Really? And I sat down and talked to him. I don't know anybody him. who's met J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, well, you got one now. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, bro. and I think I was nine years old. Huh. But uh, we talked, and and I was just totally, I, I was in heaven I up there talking to him. And and, and then when we left, she took, she took me by the hand, and she scolded me. Don't you ever shake hands with your left hand again. <laughs> and, and, uh, but it, it, it pretty much followed the whole script, you yeah. might say. Yeah. And uh, it, it was special. Yeah. Uh, to, if you ever said anything negative about Jay Edgar, of course, I never would. Right. But if someone in our midst would say anything about him, she would be infuriated She'd because she says all of those things are lies. Uh-huh. And, and Jesus said, uh, they, of course, they didn't attack him until after he was dead Correct. because he had so much power. It, yeah, it was,
2: they were fearful. <laughs>
1: yeah. But but there's so many wonderful things that happen in our lives, and it it didn't matter what level they are. You you never forget them unless of course you got something well, like Jackie had. I'll tell you this, Sheriff, and you'll always be Sheriff to me. Uh, the kind of, and
2: to have somebody that I respected so much to think that I did a good job setting up their trying cases, you'll just never know how much that meant to me. Yeah. Same thing with Guy Dotson. Uh, Guy Dotson told me several times. Now we didn't always agree. He didn't always win uh, in my court. But, he didn't lose too many times. Well, once he became a criminal defense lawyer, he <laughs> lost
0: some. <laughs> <He lost. laughs>
2: but for him to to say that, or Dick to too, for them yeah. to say that I was doing a good job, that is something uh, I will cherish all my days. I'm sure you had people... That you respect to tell you what a good job you're doing as sheriff and how that, how that's nobody ever told
1: me I was doing they a good did job too. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was over there hiding in the corner. I knew they was coming after me. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe with a gun. You never well, know. Well, you,
2: li- you know you think about the SRO program. You know that started here in Rutherford County. Yeah. And the impact that that's had on our schools is just an incredible thing. It
1: was a hard thing to put across. Oh, initially. Oh, I. Do re- you remember when you?
2: First started, you had like one in the high school, and yeah. then when they, then when you were gonna go to junior highs
1: and elementary, people went nuts. They do not want the police officers of the, and this they didn't out. want anybody carrying a gun. But then, then they saw the impact it was having on the young people. Right, it made a real difference.
2: Yeah, and now, if you look at people across the state, and now across the country,
1: copy that. I mean, that's a pretty big. <laughs> That's a pretty big deal. We had special people in that program. And every once in a while, Bill Kennedy and I will go over and and eat lunch and talk about it. And, uh, um, see, uh, Bill was uh, elected the school resource officer of the year nationally. The program was here nationally. Right. And and, uh, that was a lot of work as far as what they were doing in the school system. You remember Pusher House. Well, Bubba House was one of my school resource officers. And he, he, he came to me when we first started uh, trying to put it in the schools, and he said, ah, they're just kindergarten cops. You don't need to be doing that. And then, uh, bless his heart, one day he came to me, and he said, I think I want to do that. And he went over to Rockvale. Those kids adored him, yep. and you would be surprised. Even in the school, in that atmosphere there, well, the kids would come to him in private and tell him what was going on in their home and uh, some of the other things that were really bothering them, and it gave them a, a chance to vent to the officer and not be fearful of what might happen. Well, my brother,
2: Dirk, when he was principal at Laverne High School, and then my cousin John Ash, who's principal of Central. Mm-hmm. But Dirk especially said that your officers at Laverne save lives by what they did out there. So that's
1: that's I don't think they ever get enough credit though. Well the, I think I think people I tell you at the
2: schools, the schools know exactly yeah. how important they are. And the teachers yeah. know exactly how important they are. Yeah. And so I think I think that's a pretty
1: to have that as a legacy, I think that's a pretty good thing to have as a legacy. you You think of that uh, and, and you, there's so many ways that you had to look at it when you were formulating. The principals are the kings they are in in their schools. And uh, when you kind of have to give a little bit when you go into those schools, I mean, I would have meetings with them, something like every three or four months, because the officers would maybe clash a little bit, egos or whatever, and uh, they would just come right along. I mean, they were they were so um, uh, happy to do the changes. Right. But it it was difficult for the principals also. They had to make pretty strong decisions, and so did the teachers and. As you know, we would have uh, a training classes right. for those things. It, you just don't step in and start uh, doing it. I think a lot of that too goes to
2: the leadership in the uh, school system. It did. We've always had good superintendents. They've done a good good job. Harry Gill, uh, uh, can then the lay's name over there. At the city schools leaves me now, but uh, we've always been very fortunate in this yeah. in this community to have. Uh, you know, good people lead our schools. But
1: you know, the cities didn't jump into that quite readily, no. which I was total shocked. Yeah. You remember, we had uh, one of the teachers. Uh, I don't know if I should say which school or not. Just beat mercilessly, okay. and if they had had a school resource officer there, none of that would have Wouldn't happened. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you never know what type of responses are going to go into those type situations. You don't. you don't. But like I said, this is amazing. And and that really, I think, helps
2: kids have a better relationship with police officers, to see them in that environment and not just, what are you doing here or pulling you over, but to see them develop that relationship with them. Yeah. And really, it's a three- or four-year, like high school, it's a four-year relationship. Yeah. Elementary school, it's a six-year relationship. Because yeah. most of those guys stay in the same school
1: uh, a lot a lot of the they time. Did, and they did, and they receive after some of these kids grew up and graduated, they would see these officers out in the community and want to go talk to them and, yeah. and uh, kind of tell them who they are and how much it meant to yeah. them to have the... It changed the um, pecking order in the schools a lot because you had maybe... I don't know if you remember the movie Blackboard Jungle or not. I do. But... Uh, uh, you had a pecking order in there, and it's yes. hard for the teachers. And uh, I remember at Oakland, Oakland was one of our schools, believe it or not, was having a lot of trouble during yep. that time. Well, they rezoned. Yeah. So uh, uh, I had Bill Kennedy in there. Of course, he was a Knox. I mean, he was tough. <laughs> and they had two big boys get into a fight in the hallway, and there was about 200 kids out there watching the fight, and which was good. So Bill got a hold of each one of them. They wouldn't listen. And one them of them tried to hit the other and hit Bill, so he just slammed them both, <laughs> one arm with each one of them up against the wall. And they were big boys. Well, Bill's a big man. Oh, he is a big man. So uh, that, all you could hear was... Ooh, from the kids All of a sudden They automatically disappeared Back into the classroom yeah. And that made him. And, and the uh, principal at the time called me He said Truman, he says I was thinking about retiring this year But I think I might stay another year or two <laughs> Which was it, it made me feel good yeah. About how things were going yeah, Because you and I remember Our days in, in school uh, Grammar school and in, in high school those were great days. They yeah. really were, and and we all, we want the the classrooms to be like they were well, see, went, years ago. I went to military school. I went to Castle Heights, and when Rita and I that's brought, where all the bad boys went. Right? Uh, you must have talked to Rita
2: when, <laughs> when Rita and I first started dating. She goes, "Now where'd you go to high school?" I said, "I went to Castle Heights." She goes. Were you a problem child? I go <laughs> I go, no, why would you say that? She said, Well in Murfersboro, everybody that misbehaved, their parents taught they were going to send them to Castle Heights. <laughs> but both my mom both my mom and my stepdad taught up there. And so my brother Oh really? Yeah. So my brother and I both both went up there. But it was great. It was great for me to learn discipline and, and uh, military and it was really hard academically, so that was really good for me. I really had to study. And at that school uh, you know, a lot of times at schools, high schools, the guys that are kind of the hoodlums are kind of looked up to.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, at,
2: at at Castle Heights, the guys that were looked up to were the guys that made good grades, and so you wanted
1: to be one of the ones that made good grades. So that's that's how you became so structured. Could be. <laughs> it could be. Wow. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't know that about your parents. Yeah yeah that's pretty neat yeah my dad my stepdad taught Ooh, uh, oh, oh my Latin. Ooh, no, I hated Latin. oh gosh I never I, could understand um, which where they uh, each word b- belonged in a sentence oh it was so hard I had
2: for two years of latin and then my mom taught english so I had uh, two years of mom, my, my mom teaching english at heights but yeah it was for me it was just a fantastic and we still got heights closed in 86 but we still have an alumni association and we still have homecoming every year and so uh uh, a bunch of us got together and helped buy the, buy the old library there, so now it's kind of like a museum with all our old guns and all that stuff in there. So, yeah, Heights, uh, for me, Heights made a big difference in my life, really did. It was basically a, a military structure type school. Oh, well, not basically. It was. We had drill every afternoon. <laughs> we'd, uh, you'd get there in the morning, have to line up. You had comp. We had companies mm-hmm. and platoons. We'd have to line up, then we'd go to class. Uh, then we'd have drill in the afternoon. Then we'd have sports after we had, after we had drill. And then they had a rank. Uh, I think my last year I was company executive for one of the companies and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was pretty You big. never made general? No. I wanted – they didn't have a general. They had – I can't remember the guy. It wasn't a colonel! I don't remember what he was. But there was a guy that led the entire corps. And, uh, but my brother and I, we were we were day students because mm-hmm. we lived at home. They wanted the head guy to be a boarder that mm-hmm. could be there all the time because they would line up at night for dinner and all this all this other stuff too. But Heights, uh, the honor code, I, I learned about honor at Castle Heights yeah. and that your word meant something. And I learned about respecting people at Heights. And so, yeah. I just made a big difference. And I wasn't i wasn't a problem child, <laughs> like Rita thought.
1: <laughs> now, I, you would be surprised how many times I am asked how all of you ashes are related. Yeah. Uh, Terry, of course. Terry and I were big buddies for yeah. many, many years. Yeah. Tell me how all of you are related. Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: Terry is a cousin where all, all the ashes are related. I, I tell the story that... Terry's from the rich part of the Ash family because my family was so poor, we had to sell our E. Because my name is spelled A-S-H. Terry's spelled with A-S-H-E. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and my family all was from uh, Gordonsville okay. and Carthage oh, uh, from there. Okay. And so Terry's family is all from that group, too. And then my my family, the Ashes, married the Bellers. You've probably heard of the Bellers down there in Smith County mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they all come from Smith County. Uh, all buried down there but Terry has always been just great to me. I'm just uh, I've read his book that he he sent me his book and stuff like that and he did a good job as sheriff we were very he fortunate. really did we were very fortunate. for many years. when I was growing up as when I was growing up in Lebanon, the sheriff always lasted one term because they got indicted <laughs>
4: sometime in there.
2: and we and that's one good thing to say about Rutherford County you know, you were as clean a whistle as, as there could possibly be in the sheriff's department but back then back then in wilson county it was not that way And then terry got elected kind of cleaned all that cleaned all that up
1: he was so fun to deal with because he and i were always on the same page when we would go to yeah. the sheriff's association yeah, meetings. I, he,
2: is he still head of the sheriff's association
1: no I, uh, no he's he's with uh uh the highway patrol I didn't know that. Yeah, he's—I uh, don't know what—it's kind of like a, a assistant director, director, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I've kind of lost touch with him over well, the last few years. he was close to being years. a U.S.
2: marshal. There was time when he was in line to be a U.S. marshal, yeah. and then he got the job with the sheriff's uh, sheriff's office. But he's been—he's been very kind to me uh, over over the years. Like I said, another one of those people that you know kind of touch your life as you kind of,
1: roll roll through this journey. The 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 Marshall job is not a good job. I don't think it is that's I, what I, he asked me. Well too. I went up there and, oh, and they did. yeah they interviewed me and uh, and uh and uh, <laughs> What they were saying back to me was not making me feel comfortable as far as <laughs> the politics of it Oh, all. yeah, it's politics. And I just said, uh, no, I, this is not for me. I mean, it, I think a lot of people probably do turn it down yeah. because it's it's such a... Um, well, there are three senior judges in the state of Tennessee that do the job
2: I do. And so this guy was talking to me. He said, well, I think I'm He said, I think I'm going to put my name in for senior judge. I said, we should do that. He goes he said, Yeah, but I hear it's political. I go, it's not political at all. They just always I think they try to hire, you know, the people that have both criminal and civil experience. Yeah. So I went home and thought about it. it's political. It's five people. <laughs> they're the ones who they're the
1: ones who appoint you or not. So Yeah. And, and you have to be somebody has to recommend you. Exactly, so exactly. So yeah. It's just a smaller group of of people.
2: Yeah. But I'm thankful the Supreme Court just uh Tennessee Supreme Court just reappointed me for another four. Oh, good. So if my life, if my health stays good and it's good right now, then I can do it uh, to age sixty-nine. Then we'll see if I want to keep doing it or. Oh, you have got a long nice. way to go. Yeah, but I've enjoyed. I've been doing it for it's amazing eight years
1: already. So, uh, it, it it seems like longer to me for some reason. Yeah. I, I just miss seeing you and all that other stuff. Yeah, I, you, met, I left. I left the bench here at two thousand twelve. Yeah, I wish you. No, I'm am not, not gonna be ugly to yeah. anybody. I yet. loved
2: I love being on the bench here. Yeah. I just uh, I just I told I thought when I left this job here that I would lose my identity yeah. because I'd been in the middle of everything every anytime. Reed always laughs about the TBI coming over at two o'clock in the morning signed search warrants. Uh. I mean I did that all the time, and that's who they they came to me because they knew that I was knowledgeable about. Stuff and I had a checklist and mm-hmm. all that other stuff, but they don't come. They don't come at two o'clock in the morning anymore. But I found out that sometimes change is a good thing, and so I've got. To, I've got to see parts of the state I'd never get to see. So I, I like this. I like my gig now.
1: The only bad thing about change is it takes a while for the new people exactly to get uh, acclimated exactly. to it. it, it exactly it's, it's right. very d- tough. It is. Well. Judge Don Ash, Judge Senior Judge <laughs> Dina, Don Ash, thank you again. I, I just love being with you, and I love catching up with the old times. I right. really do. You're, you're the best. You're the best sheriff I've ever dealt with, so I'm,
2: I'm lucky to call you a friend. And more, I'm happy how you served our community because well, it impacted a lot of us, including me.
1: I have the same feelings about you, big boy, <laughs> as far as the, the judicial part. There will never be anybody that can outbeat uh, or outdo you as far as sitting on the bench and well, that's all for And uh, being able to bring everything to a proper conclusion. Thanks, and, and that means a really lot ha- to me. All right. all right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9.